Hi, I'm Desiree, and this is Shardell Love Stories. I thought it'd be really interesting to get a different perspective of Shargao from someone completely not from the Philippines. So our next guest goes by the name Finny, and she's from the UK. She moved to the island a few years ago after falling in love with Shargao and falling in love with a local surfer here. She's also one of the co-founders of this amazing nonprofit organization called Sea Shine Shargao, where they have volunteer tutors teach weekly classes to small groups of local kids in safe settings, almost like pop-up classrooms. And the kids learn English, they do arts and crafts, learn reading and writing. It's just the best. In this episode, Finney and I talk about love languages and the challenges of communicating with a partner outside of your own culture. I had a lot of fun with this conversation. We both take this five love languages quiz and we share our results together in real time. It really kind of helped us understand how everyone experiences and expresses their love so differently, whether it's by actions or words. And by realizing that, getting to the root of that, it just becomes much easier to communicate and connect with the people we love. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, here goes. So you're kind of our first foreigner guest yes. here on this show, which people will probably be able to tell by your accent. <laughs> so... Where are you from? Like, just briefly tell us about your background and how you grew up. So I'm originally Albanian, but I grew up in the UK. Um, I grew up in an Albanian household, which is quite strict with its culture, but my parents are very open, so I've been pretty blessed. <laughs> but through school, I, like, got UK culture and learned a lot through there as well. So I've got both. <laughs> Um, before coming to Shargao, you mentioned you traveled before. So you were just, just this big traveler. Yes. Like what age did you start to travel? So when I was 17, I went on my first holiday out of Albania because with our family, we always go back every summer to our family. <laughs> so we never, I never really experienced like friends holidays, but my sister was traveling. So when she, when I was 17, she wanted me to join her. So I went for three weeks. And that's when I fell in love with Asia. So two years later, <coughs> I decided not to go to uni. And I worked, had like three jobs, and then went traveling. Yeah. And since then, I haven't stopped. Like I've gone home a few times, so 19, okay. and then kept coming back until now, 26. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Your first country was... When I was 17, it was in Malaysia. Asia. Yeah. And then, so that's my first country in Asia, Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And then it was Thailand when I first went on my own. And what was that experience like? I was so naive. No, I'm not going to lie. Oh, how? <laughs> because, I mean, I didn't plan anything. Like, I just was like, oh, I'm just going to go. Not even going to book a place to stay. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. <laughs> but luckily, my sister, she came to meet me with her husband. So... I wasn't, like, completely on my own the first three weeks. Uh (laughs) If I was, I don't know what I've done. I would have just arrived in the city Uh with no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) But, yeah, that's how I've always been. Go Uh somewhere, figure it out when you're there. 
Yeah. Mm-mm. And then, so when you were there in Malaysia, was it kind of just natural for you to just be like, or like experiencing all of these new, like how did you just journey through this whole Asia experience? It was amazing. Like when I first went to Malaysia, I really had my first like sense of freedom because growing up, I used to always have to ask for permission to go anywhere or to go out. I'd like have to ask a week in advance or more to be like, can I go to the cinema with my friends? So it was honestly amazing. I, I literally was free and doing what I wanted and no one knew me so I could be like myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was incredible. How did you end up being in Shargao? So it's a long story in a sense, but I met this girl and who's now one of my really good friends. And we met in Langkawi, which is an island in Malaysia, maybe for a few days. Then after that, I left, she left as well, but we both came back there. And then we met again, and then I moved to Thailand, and she was there too, and I did my diving there. And then me and this girl, we both lived in Sri Lanka together for like five months. It was a crazy roller coaster there. And I had to leave. But she had been here before, maybe two years. In Jaga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like maybe 2016 or 17, she was here. So she spoke about this place. She was in love with this place. Like really, it was something she spoke so highly of. And also she told me all of the bad parts too. <laughs> but because of her, I came here. Because when I came to the Philippines, I didn't directly come here. I knew about this place and I knew about all the magic it has. But she told me, travel Philippines before you come here because you're going to get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it has a notorious reputation. It does. For the travel aspect of it is very difficult to travel within the Philippines. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she decided to come back when I was traveling in the Philippines and directly went to Shargao. So I was like, I've got to go there before she goes back home. Mm-hmm. So then I came here. What was it like maybe the first few weeks or months? Like, why did you end up staying in Shargao? You knew in the very beginning, like, okay, I'm just going to be here or no no. okay actually the plan I had my ticket booked already to go to Lombok Lombok and um waves yes beautiful so I was here maybe three weeks and then I left I went to Lombok I came back (laughs) I was going to go back home to England after Indonesia my plan was to travel around so I thought to myself I want to spend it in the place that I feel really good and in a place that I feel like a lot of exciting things can happen. Not that going to new places isn't exciting, but I feel like when you stay in one place, you get to know the people, the culture, and you have more fun because you make better connections with people. Mm -hmm. So that's why I decided to come back. And I had already met Timoy at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your current boyfriend. Yes. Who is a local surfer. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I had already met him, but nothing was like cemented. It was just for fun. And then I went to Indonesia and then we kept in contact. So when I came back, that's when things started to progress. How long before 
you came back, like what was the in-between time? Only five days. (laughs) (laughs) Only five days. Because I remember when I was in Lombok, I just, my head and my heart was still here. Like even though I'd been here for three weeks, I hadn't got enough. And I knew I was going home and I wasn't ready to like go home and have this feeling that I wouldn't be coming back to Asia for a long time. Because that was my plan, like to actually move back to England. But yeah, it's crazy to me that you can fall in love with a place. I feel like I've had a relationship with every city or every place that I've lived in. And to me, yeah, it's like you can't get Shagao out of your mind. No. There's like, it's, it's like you're thinking, it's, it's literally personified as this like human that you can't stop thinking about. Completely. It's an obsession. I mean, I have so many friends now that even when they're not here, they want to feel like they're here. You know, mm-hmm. you follow everything, you watch everything. They want to know all from like what I'm experiencing because they really miss it. It's, there's something about this island that makes you feel like you're missing a part of yourself. Uh, why do you think is that? Why do you think I have traveled everywhere, I feel like? Why do you think this is it's, it's a different type of feeling? It's so hard to explain. I really wonder if it's because it's still so untouched, like in the sense of construction and development. It's still really untouched compared to like other places. And it's the people, the people, the way they make you feel. And it doesn't matter about it being romantic. It's just the connections you make and the waves. (laughs) I mean, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. It's definitely a mixture of all, like the people, the island itself. The surfing, yeah, definitely. after Lombok, right? Mm-hmm. You decided to cut your trip short in Indo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very short. <laughs> because you were thinking of Shargao. Yes. And then what happened? So we had already met and at first I thought he was very cheeky. Actually, <laughs> my friends pre-warned me about him, but I don't remember this. So... <laughs> I said to you before, right, that maybe subconsciously I did remember and I still went for it because I know I'm like that. (laughs) But he was very cheeky and I just thought he's definitely a playboy. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really looking for anything serious. So it was just for fun at first. He gave me something that I I felt good about myself. He really knew how to make me feel good and beautiful and he was and is a lot of fun yeah he's got a very playful character (laughs) it's almost like an ease Mm. to them 
Yes. And yeah, maybe it is because of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're surf instructors. Mm -hmm. They literally live having fun. <laughs> I mean, they make money by having fun, doing something that they love. So true. Yeah. They've got it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. It's so funny. I told my mum, I'm going back to Shaga. Do you know what she said to me? Mm. Have you met someone? And I mean, she's never asked me that in my life. Like with growing up with Albanian culture, in, you're not really allowed a boyfriend, like these kinds of things. So it was the first time. I mean, I've traveled since I was 19 mm -hmm. and I've stayed in Malaysia for six years. It's really weird that by being here only for three weeks, going to Lombok, coming back after five days, she asked me that. And my mother's sense. She knew, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't see Timoy yet as something serious, mm -hmm. but I was intrigued by him. I was really fascinated to get to know him more. So when I came back, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you went to see him right away. Yeah, he picked me up mm -hmm. and he found me a house. Yeah. So he helped me find a new place and yeah, just progressed from there. We kept seeing each other, getting to know each other more. Something serious happened to him during this time, which I'm not going to talk about, but that kind of changed things in making it less playful becoming more serious in the sense of feeling a bit more like we're in a relationship in a good way because I'm the kind of person where if someone needs help I want to help them of course <laughs> so he needed help so I helped him and our relationship kind of started then from this like playful relationship to starting from the end moving backwards do you know what I mean yeah and like going to the hard stuff straight away and then really creating this kind of deeper connection that you wouldn't if you would just see each other for a few weeks. Totally. Yeah. And that's when I realized that I really liked him. When did you think it was kind of like the next level? Like, because what you were saying before with a lot of the local gentlemen here, it is, you know, it's a very transient island and there's a lot of people going in and out lots of different tourists lots of different people was there a point where you thought that it was like okay this is kind of getting a bit serious or I'm starting to feel something that was more than just for funsies when I left so I had to go back home I had no money left so I had to leave and just before I left maybe like two nights before we kind of had like a mini fight and I didn't know what I wanted anymore. And what happened? The next day I'm supposed to fly. So we had a fight on the night that I'm, like, my last night. The next day I fly out. But I go to Shagao Airport and the flight has been delayed. It was supposed to be at 11. It then was, like, 3. So I would have arrived in Manila at, like, 6. I would have missed my flight home. I would have made it. There I am crying, hungover. <laughs> on the middle of the airport floor thinking I have no money I was going to surprise my family and I'm stuck here no one has signals so I can't call them because the people who dropped me you know there's no signal down that road oh God. I didn't know what to do so I messaged him and he was like he had already apologized we had already seen each other that day and then he was like I have no bike what can I do 
So I contact my parents. I had to tell them that I have to stay and that if they can lend me some money. <laughs> so what happened? I went back. I had two more days left because the next ticket was in two days' time, which saved me and him. Because I can't imagine what it would have been like if I had left that day feeling the way I felt and not knowing if there was any future. So those two days that the universe gave me. Wow. Really. With him. With him. Yeah, really cemented what I wanted. And, yeah, gave him the opportunity to redeem himself. Wow. Yeah. The universe knows. The universe knows. (laughs) And it's like you just have to follow those signs. Mm. And then, so you had to leave anyway. Yeah, I had to leave. And then I worked for like five months, came back again for Christmas. We kept in contact. We were talking like almost every day. I decided, okay, when I come back this Christmas, I'm going to see how it is and see if there's potential in our relationship. So these three weeks were like the deciding factor if I will move to Shargal or not, or move on. about the challenges of dating someone outside of your race and culture because I I feel like we can connect on this (laughs) (laughs) it's it's very difficult um, when you're trying to communicate with someone who you want to understand as a person and as a human And then also want to understand on a surface level because of the language barriers. So how were you able to kind of communicate your thoughts and your feelings, especially in the beginning stages and or when it was starting to get serious with him and and the kind of work that took to trying to understand each other? It was definitely a struggle at first, especially communication. Because we both have two different native languages, he expresses himself in Shargaonon, and I guess I express myself in Albanian and English. So it is difficult. It is difficult to really talk about issues you may have or figure out how they're feeling and what they're thinking is really hard to. Because what I found, I did some Shargaonon classes and there isn't that many words in the way of like, they don't have so many words to express themselves. So if you don't have so many words to express yourself in your own language, it's going to be twice as hard in a completely foreign language to explain what a certain word means or like explain a way that you're feeling 
when you don't have the words to explain it. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, so it's difficult. Like, there's literally no vocabulary or, like, word when they are trying to express something that they that they feel. Yeah, or deeply. deeply. They, they can't express things very deeply in their own language. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's a cultural thing that they never have. I mean, parents here, this is not everyone, of course, but families here, they have so many children that you can't focus on each one of your child and on each one of their feelings. So the kids really do live outdoors, they play, they spend most of their time with each other. And they don't spend time learning about feelings and... mm. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, traditionally you see, or even from my experience, you know, fathers don't even express themselves... Like, they don't express themselves emotionally. There's almost, like, this barrier that they have, right? So it's, like, almost difficult to penetrate that. That's even just a very traditional way of how families are run. Yeah. It's not like, you know, oh, my God, I love you. Like, I love you so much, you know? It's it's becomes a different type of love that they're expressing, but it's not like they have to say it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. They express through action. That's what I find. service. Yes. So if they feel something good, bad, it's all reflected on their actions, not so much on their words. So it's difficult. It is difficult, especially if you want to address something that you have, then it's really hard to get the same kind of response back or if they have issues, like if he has issues, it's hard for him to say those issues. He'll just bottle it up and not express it. Yeah, I mean, going back to this, we have, there's like language barriers, but then also the, you know, the different cultural norms or the expectations, yeah. um, and even the stereotypes too, because, you know, I have also kind of dated these gentlemen from different countries that I am I'm not really used to the type of love languages that they that they have or how they express themselves and like for me personally and love languages are so different and I'm only learning this now how important it is to recognize theirs and yours because you know when you have an expectation of someone to do something but that's not how they they give or receive love then it becomes almost like a resentment towards them for not knowing how you want to receive the love, you know? For example, I'm not, I'm a very affectionate person indoors. Not, I'm not a PDA person, right? (laughs) But a lot of, you know, guys can probably perceive that as being super cold when really I, um, I express love in a different way or want to receive love in a different way. Did you kind of recognize that or were you familiar at all with like love languages or was there an awareness to that? I heard about love languages like not that long ago, probably last year. So I wasn't really aware of it. But when I did hear about it, I was like, wow, this makes sense. Because we give love the way we want to receive it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when we don't receive that love, 
in the way that we want, we feel like we're not loved. Yet your partner might be acts of service, might be his like love language. So he could be doing the laundry or cleaning the bike, cleaning the house. And this is him showing you that he loves you. But yours is quality time. And you're like, well, I want you to spend time with me. I want you to stay with me and have deep conversations with me. This is how I feel loved. And if you don't recognize your different love languages, you always feel like you're not loved by your partner. So I asked you to do the love languages quiz. It's like the five love languages quiz. And I sent you that because I, and I did it too. And so the five love languages are quality time, physical touch, acts of service, giving and receiving gifts and words of affirmation. And there's this quiz that you kind of take, you know, you, you answer these questions and then they give you the percentage of what your love language is are or what your love your main love language is and this this is interesting to me like I when I got my results back I was like no way and then I was and then afterwards I was like okay fine this makes sense (laughs) (laughs) so let us have yours and I'll pull mine up too so oh words of affirmation (laughs) okay let's read yours so my my top one is quality time Yes, 33%. 27% acts of service, 20% words of affirmation, 13% physical touch, and 7% receiving gifts. Mm -hmm. What about yours? Interesting. So mine was 32% words of affirmation. So words of affirmation like, him telling me how he feels or him expressing his appreciation or yeah which was crazy to me because I'm not much of a communicator so I think yeah this is is very interesting that I want him to communicate to me but I rarely do the same yeah that's crazy (laughs) like I don't say those things to them this is true. We, we want what we don't give. Really close, the 29% was the quality time, mm. which is different from the physical touch one, which I got 19%, which was the same as acts of service. So both of them were 19%. Quality time and physical touch, because there were some questions that were like, do you just want to be around him? And, or, do you, or like, do you want him to hold your hand? Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not a hold hands. I'm I'm not a holding hands person. But I just want to be in the physical presence of this person that I love without even having to touch him. I just want to be in his energy field. Yeah. And 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 I feel the love already like exuding vibrating from him. <laughs> Which I, you know, I think this is a very accurate test if you're honest about the questions that you get. But how did you perceive yours or how did you uh, feel about your results? So I knew that quality time is such an important part for me. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't surprised that that was my top one. Because it's just if you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you have to be able to spend 
good, deep time with them, you know, mm -hmm. just you two. You don't need distractions. I mean, it could just be at home. <laughs> yeah. But that's really important for me to show that someone cares about me. I was surprised, though, about physical touch because it's not that I dislike it. I don't mind PDA, but I don't need it. Mm -hmm. So, because it's only 30, 13%. <laughs> but it's just something that I don't need, but it's nice if it happens. But I don't, if I don't have it, I don't feel like he doesn't love me, for mm -hmm. instance. And then... Yeah, the acts of service. Acts of service is second. That's your second. Yeah. The questions were like, would you prefer if like he did something for you when you're feeling so stressed? These things for me are important mm -hmm. because if there is a time where I feel like really overwhelmed and like incapable of doing something in that time, then it is great if your partner helps you relieve that stress. doesn't right. have to be to do what you need them to do, but I mean, it could be anything making you a cup of tea, you know? Mm -hmm. That's really important to me. Yeah, I mean, for me, the acts of service was a 19%, which is so funny. But I feel like I have been kind of this independent. I've lived by myself, you know, like um, most of my adult life. So it's like I can, I feel like I can do these things on my own. There are certain things where... I'm like, I just wish this person can do this for me. Like when I cannot open a jar, <laughs> it just makes me so sad. Like I'm yeah. like, why? <laughs> or like when I'm randomly feeling weak like this day and I can't put the water jug on the water thingy and I get <laughs> so sad and I'm like, oh. but most of the time I can do stuff by myself. The words of affirmation I'm realizing is important to me. Because there are some cultures and certain gentlemen in my life who would do things as an acts of service if their love language is an acts of service. But the thing is, in my mind, it almost like it, it gets mistaken for, like anyone can do that. Do you yeah. know? It yeah. feels like my friends can do, like my friends have done these beautiful acts of service for me. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what is the deferring, like what makes it different is like the words of affirmation, it's like they're telling you that this is exactly how I feel about you. And, and they're more thoughtful. And it, to me, that's more of a sign of vulnerability than the acts of service, of course, appreciated. Yes. The, quality the quality time, of course, appreciated. But I think to communicate how it is that you actually feel and how much they appreciate you, and not even like compliments, like, I don't, it's not no, it's like about appreciation. Compliment. It's the appreciation and like the fact that you are different to them or how that you make them feel. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're saying. It's, I mean, I feel like human beings, we, we want to always feel noticed and appreciated by the people we love. And when when someone is able to express that to you like authentically and to be able to say like by the way like I'm so proud of what you're doing you feel it's sad that you feel like you need it to know it mm -hmm. but it helps you to remember like you're actually amazing because sometimes you forget this mm -hmm. and it's not something you always 
tell yourself every day, especially when you're feeling low or busy. I mean, we're both busy people. So when you're feeling super busy, you forget to take the time to really look at what exactly you're doing and how amazing it is. So words of affirmation just makes you, when your partner gives this to you, it makes you look at yourself again and feel happy about yourself. And I think that's why it's really important. Yeah, it's it's such a struggle too because there's this sometimes um, there's like a stoicism to them that they don't want to admit. Mm, yes. <laughs> and it's almost like you want to shake it out of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy because it's so easy with, my girlfriends we're I'm you know the group of girlfriends that I have we're so expressive to each other we're like I love you so much like and that's it it's like oh my god I love you (laughs) (laughs) but then with you know especially if you're in a partnership or in the early stages of a situationship you're like tell me how you feel yeah tell me how you feel how do you go about, you know, wanting to express yourself to Tamoy? Like, what are some of the things that you do or some of the things that you require of him? And, you know, like, just kind of going through what the challenges are and how, like, the journeying through that and how to go about, you know, getting what it is that you need and to feel loved with someone who isn't on who has uh, you know kind of those cultural differences or those communication differences how do I express myself so I really don't know (laughs) I'm trying to think I feel like really it is it's it's a pro process Mm -hmm. and it's a long process it's not something that can happen overnight and we're both learning from each other I am teaching him what I want and just by being me, you know, just by, just through communication, which is like, if I feel like something isn't right to me or if something is, I'll just say it. And that's, that's how I do it. But with him, he's not so vocal. He's not so (laughs) communicative. He expresses himself through like I said, actions, taking me to places or a lot of our quality time will be food, mm-hmm. <laughs> dinner, I mean, food is a love language it to is. be included, <laughs> especially among Filipinos, that's for sure. And yes, <laughs> it is a way that you can just stop for a second mm-hmm. and not feel like you have to do anything else within that time. Because when you do have free time, you just want to do things get things done, watch a movie or go surfing or whatever it is. But he definitely, he expresses himself through action and through showing me things like showing me how to surf or showing me how to fish once. (laughs) But for me, I express myself through talking to him Mm -hmm. and trying to get him into the rhythm of having like more in-depth conversations which has been a process. But really, like, he has progressed so much since when we started. I mean, this is something that maybe people in our countries think is very simple and everyone should do it. But if you go to work, you come back, 
your partner will ask you, how was your day at work, right? Mm-hmm. It's just something super simple that you wouldn't even look at. But here, that's not a thing. <laughs> they don't ask you, like, how was your day today? What did you do today? And I had this conversation with him, and now he does it always without me even asking. Mm. So it's really nice. He is making the steps. He's trying. Yeah, he's trying. And that's what it's about, if you both try to meet in the middle. I can't expect him to be, like, the communicator that I completely want, just like he can't expect me to be the woman that he completely wants me to be. Do you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. So you have to, like, figure it out and make a hybrid of a what compromise. You, yeah, a compromise yeah. of what you want to be yeah. together. And how long have you been together now? Uh, almost three years. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How have you seen the growth or, like, the evolution of the relationship? It's changed so much. So he's like my first real relationship. So I'm really learning a lot too. And about yourself. About myself. Yes, my insecurities. When you grow up in your household, you do get told when you're being like a certain way, but you can get away with a lot, right? With your parents. I mean, the way you talk to them when you're a teenager, like you get away with a lot and they still love you. But when you're in a relationship, which is what I've learned, you can't get away with all of your behaviors. And it's coming out of those households into a new household, just the two of you, that you start to learn how you can treat people. And even if you're feeling down, you can't use the other person as a punch bag in a way. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we've definitely grown so much. And... The beginning was very, like, surface-based, you know, just the kind of romanticized love where you're just infatuated with each other and spending, like, time, but in this kind of movie-like way, not the real way. But now it's a lot deeper, a lot more understanding of who we are and who he is and who I am. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I also love what you were, you were mentioning this before about really trying to understand each other's childhood and even going back to how their upbringing has shaped them. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of men, not even just Filipino men, but men in general, um, they don't really want to go, go there. Yeah, no. you know, they don't want to go. They think, and what you were mentioning before is that, they're like the past is in the past. Yeah. And it's like, this is how I am right now. This is in the moment. Men live in the moment. That's so true. Um, they don't want to look in the past because they feel there's no need to be there. Especially, I feel like, if they have trauma or have experienced something bad or good, I think they feel like it affects the moment now when it doesn't need to affect it, whether it's positive or negative. I feel like men, they really live in the now. With everything they do, with everything they feel, they live in the moment. Whereas women, we, we have this desire to want to know every little piece of history <laughs> in someone's life. <laughs> because 
that's how we feel connected. We feel like if I know everything about you, I'm going to know you fully and wholly and understand everything that you do. Whereas a man, he's just like, I don't need to know these things. I just need to know that you love me now and this is the moment and it feels good and let's leave it like this. And I have this theory (laughs) that women, we created time because before all of this, before time, we got pregnant and we had this amazing child in our stomachs that we had to wait for. We didn't have time but we knew that something is going to grow and something is going to eventually come out (laughs) I don't know how to say this but um, we had to be patient we had to like plan and create a future for what is growing so we need time we need to believe in it you can't just think oh I'm pregnant now (laughs) I'm pregnant now (laughs) live in the moment yes but I mean whereas men don't carry this child you know they created this child in the now and that was that they don't have to wait for the baby and prepare for the baby so that's why I feel like they live in the now and we plan and think in the future think in the past because we are genetically programmed to. Wow. <laughs> no, that's, that's huge. That's really a huge way of thinking about it because I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And, you know, I kind of lived my whole life also wanting to, quote, live in the now. But really, I've always, I've, I've always in the back of my mind planned things out. Yes. <laughs> it's like, pers- you, you know, you want to create the perception of, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow. And really, you're know, like <laughs> plotting and planning, yes. you know, how to make the flow go right. <laughs> how to direct the flow in yeah. the best way possible. No. And on top of that, too, going back to really trying to understand the, the root of someone's childhood. I mean, it's only recently, too, that I in trying to understand my upbringing um, and how I was raised and what I saw or perceived as loved when I was love when I was a child, it really allows you to understand the now, understanding the traumas and understanding, you know, maybe some of the encounters or the experiences that you've had as like five, six, seven years old. It really does help now in the way you want to go about your life or how you choose to love or go about your world. Completely. And if you don't, I feel, if you don't want to look into yourself, because being in this relationship has made me look at myself and has made me question why I act the way I act, why certain things trigger me, and, like, you have to look back. It's not going to be in the moment now that you find the answer. You find it within your past, within your experiences. And when you do that, then you can live presently in a much happier way. Because there are people who, including myself, I mean, maybe not in extreme sense, but when certain things trigger you, 
you act in a way that you may not like. And if you do live presently with certain traumas in your life, then those traumas are going to affect your everyday actions and the way you respond with people and the way you do things. So I definitely think it's really important to want to know these things about each other. What do you foresee for you and Timoy in the future? And what, you know, almost kind of wrapping up or summing up this experience of how you fell in love with Shargao, then you fell in love with this gentleman and now next steps we talk about planning (laughs) what do you foresee and how you know this whole experience is now kind of pushing you into a different direction or what what are your thoughts yeah it's it's a hard question because you never know what will happen but especially during the pandemic Especially, I mean, no one knew what this was going to happen. No one. I had many plans. <laughs> Did they happen? Nope. <laughs> so really, what I see and what I hope is that we will both travel together and we will experience different cultures together for the first time. I really... I've never traveled with a boyfriend and he's never really traveled. So it will be an experience. And I mean, he's going to meet my family. So we're at the moment applying for the UK visa. So eventually he's going to get it. I'm not giving up until he does. (laughs) So there's so many things that are going to happen, which are exciting, but also I'm very nervous. Because it will be the first person I introduce to them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's intense. It wasn't the plan. The plan was that they would come here first, but it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. But really, what I, what I plan for the future is more connection with him and my family, more connection with him in a different environment. So not Shargal. I love Shargal, but I'm ready for something new with him. I'm ready to experience new things. Yeah. Thanks so much, Tiffany. It was really such a fun chat, and I'm wishing you and Timoy all the best on your journey. If you're interested in taking this quiz, the website is fivelovelanguages.com, the number five, and we'll share the website on our Instagram at Stories as well. This week, half of your donations via link in bio will go towards Seashine Chargao, particularly the group of kids I teach, along with my friends, Karine and Loveland. And it's the biggest group. Some of these kids, and they range from 7 to 10 years old, haven't been in school for more than a year. Like, their whole educational experience just halted because of the pandemic. So these weekly lunch and learn events are a safe and small way we can bring some fun and joy into these kids' day. It's honestly the best part of my week. Thanks once again for listening. Sending lots of light and love from Shargao. Bye for now.